Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This, this is, is the School, School of, of Humanity. Humanity. Hello, welcome back to the School of Humanity. Jason and Rachel Woolman. this is episode 37. Yes. Isn't it? Yep. <laughs> and uh, we're glad to be back to talk more with you guys. And today we're going to talk about um, something that has been put on my heart recently with um, the readings that I've been doing. Um, and it is something that St. Teresa of Avila uh, gifted to us, gifted to the church. And... It's called the prayer of recollection, or this notion of recollecting ourselves in the in the presence of God. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. Um, I recently prayed, prayed, <laughs> <laughs> and um, one thing that occurred to me. Um, was just how often you see people treat prayer um, just very mechanically, you know? Um, right. And it's almost as if when we do that, we... We, we, tr- we rob it of its... Right. Authenticity. Right. And of its power. I mean, it would be the same thing like if you and I, every day was very rote, you know? Um, if our marriage was rote... Right. I mean, you know, it'd be like me speaking to you about something important, but like looking over your shoulder at something else while I'm speaking to you, and you know I'm not paying attention to a word I'm saying to you. <laughs> Do you like know you what I mean? Right now. I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just said the same thing to me every day, you know? Right. I mean, it, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean... Whenever we do ministry, um, you and I, for example, um, like any authentic evangelization or ministry has to flow from um, a place of prayer and contemplation. Right. Um, Because, I mean, how can we ask people to know and love a God who we We do not know and love? Right. Right. And, um, and, uh, so it, it, you know, it's really is. It sounds simple, but um, we have to kind of learn how to pray appropriately, um, right? And like I said, um, it seems like nowadays, especially in our culture, we tend to approach prayer mechanically, impersonally, um, and superficially. So. Um, it's almost like we treat God like he's somewhere far away and kind of indifferent to us. And he just like demands that we say these prayers. Um, so like, you know, we say these prayers during mass, for example, and we're kind of only saying them. And St. Teresa of Avila would tell us that that's not even really prayer. Um, if you're saying the Our Father and you're not speaking with the Father, you know, right. <laughs> uh, when you're saying it, 
then you're not really praying. Um, and uh, it seems like, like, duh, but, I mean, how often do we do that? Right. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, even with the boys, um, you know, right before we go to bed, we always say, and our Father and a Hail Mary, and I've started doing this thing where, like, every now and then I'll try to change it up for them because I don't want them to get in the habit of, like, this is praying, you know? Right. Um, because honestly, in that situation, it's it's really just me giving them something to close out their day. Right. It's it's more about um, a, a routine than right. it is about communion. Right. Which is awful. Right. Um, in fact, I want to stop this podcast and just go wake them up and be like... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but so like recently we started praying, you know, like the the canticle for night prayer. Um, and then there was every now and then we would do a, uh, we do an examination of conscience together. Um, and so it's just really, it's an important thing, you know, to get instilled in them. And it, it, it has started to reap its benefits even today. And I forgot, I haven't had the chance to tell you, but, um, the, the kids catch on to rope prayer so quickly. Mm-hmm. And Gemma, who is, is three, today she was playing on a scooter. I was sitting on the porch watching her. And um, we were just going back and forth with the prayers. I would say, Our Father. And she'd go, Art in Heaven. Mm-hmm. And we went back and forth with that and with the Hail Mary. Right. And I was just kind of amazed at how quickly we can learn those rote prayers, but whether or not we know what they're exactly saying. what they're saying. Yeah. Um, well, certainly as adults, we need to... Yeah, it's one thing I guess when we're talking about our kids for the just to, for the fact of teaching them so that they can, you know, eventually come to internalize what they're saying and right. understand it more fully. Um, but I think that you know when you and I, for example, when we start off uh, School of Humanity night here with the young adults, we whenever we start off a prayer, we always give a moment of, um, silence. of silence before we even speak with the Lord, which um, we do on purpose, um, but authentically because we do that most of the time now. Yeah, when we, when we pray. Yeah, I mean because if you just go right into it, you know, it 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 seems non authentic. Like if I were to just go right into praying right now, um, say let's pray, Jesus, we just you know it kind of is is like you were thinking about what you were going to say before we even actually started praying, right? And if that's what you were doing, then is it really praying? Right. You know, because you, you always meet those people that when you're speaking to them, you know that they're not listening to you because they're actually thinking about what they're going to say next. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in actuality, you're thinking about how you're going to impress the people that you're praying in front of. Right. Or... Um, how many names you can call God right, at that time. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and so, I, and at that point, God becomes an idea. He's not a person anymore. Right, because um, if he was, you would speak to him. Yeah, you know? right. Um, I'm reminded of a story about Padre Pio where someone asked him, you know, Father Pio, how how are we supposed to be disposed at Mass? And he's like, well, you know, the Mass is the um, Paschal Mystery of Christ. How do you think St. John the Apostle and Mary were disposed at, at the foot of the cross, you know? Same thing for at Mass, you know, right. um, which is just a profound thing to think about 
I mean, the reality of what Mass is, um, are you disposed at that time um, when you go to receive? Um, so I would propose that what St. Teresa of Avila teaches us in the prayer of recollection is not just one of many approaches uh, to prayer, but is rather a universal like axiom um, that can be applied to any kind of spirituality, if you will. Um, and that is to simply, you know, take the time before you begin to speak with the Lord to recognize that you are in the presence of God. Yeah. Who and loves and seeks you. Right. And who, who you're about to speak with, who he is and who you are. Um, so there is a, um, there's a passage from The Way of Perfection, uh, which was one of the books that she wrote. She wrote specifically for her sister, for the, you know, sisters in her convent. That it's a, And she says, Realize, daughters, that the nature of mental prayer, and mental prayer meaning um, this prayer of recollection we're talking about, uh, isn't determined whether or not the mouth is closed. If while speaking, I thoroughly understand and know that I'm speaking with God, and I have a greater awareness of this than I do of the words I'm saying, mental and vocal prayer are joined. So I think that that is absolutely a beautiful description of what it is to authentically pray, where when you're praying, you're more aware of whom you are speaking to than the words that you're even saying. Right. And, um, I mean, a lot of times when we've talked about how to pray the rosary with people, um, that's kind of um, where my heart always goes to speak to them about is the fact that when you're speaking, you should be more aware of Mary, more aware of right. Christ in the particular mystery that you're praying uh, you should be more in his presence, more aware of him than you are of the words that you're even saying. Now, would you say that that is exactly what, what like the uh, the praying the scriptures, was that their intention, you know, with the beads and, and, and you know what I'm talking about? Would that be their intention or was their intention to meditate? Yeah, no, I think that it's always to draw you closer and closer and deeper, you know, okay. and there's nothing wrong with, you know, if the words that you're saying are kind of fade in the background because the words in themselves you hold to be true and good and you believe authentically. Right. Um, but God is always wanting more and more, you know, and he's always welcoming you deeper and deeper. So if the words fade to the background and the person comes to the forefront, then that's all the better. You know? Right. One of our really good friends, um, I don't know if you recall the story, honey, but um, had recently become Protestant and he took his children to Steubenville. Like he he, he chaperoned them um, with their youth group to Steubenville. And at Steubenville that year, the worship leader was Ike Nadolo. And um, Ike sang Memorial. I like how I say Ike, like we're like on a first name basis and we hang out. Because um, of that one time that you yeah, guys Yeah, because that one time that I like attacked him in the hallway and was like, you're awesome. And from then on, we're BFF. Um, <laughs> I think that's like most of your friends, isn't it? Yep. 
pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, that's how we met. So, <laughs> and we're married. <laughs> um, so, um, except it was vice versa. I think you ran up to me and said I was awesome. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> yep. So anyway, but he he sang Memorial, and I don't know if you've heard that song, but there's uh, the bridge in that song says. Um, uh, we're all dry bones. Um, Searching for a savior or something, or longing for a savior. Longing for a savior. Um, something about putting us back together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Blowing it. <laughs> but anyway, so at, at, at Steubenville, they sang this over and over again. Right. And um, our friend Mike, he said, you know, I think it lasted for like 20 minutes. Right. And... Um, and he said that there was even a point where Ike wasn't even singing it anymore. Just all of the all of the attendants, all the the whole room was just singing it, you know. And that there just became this point where, like, you didn't even realize you were singing it anymore. You just were, and you were just thinking about how much you love God, right. you know. And and so Mike's sharing the story, and I'm thinking this is the end of the story. Like he's just telling us how awesome the situation is. But Mike, of course, is awesomely insightful and and. And aware, and he said, uh, he goes, that's what the rosary is, huh? And I remember being just like, holy crap, that is what the rosary is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and he was just like, he goes, you know, because eventually you, the prayers become so rote that you don't, it's not becoming so rote to make it empty. Right. But it's becoming so rote because now you can think about, right. you know, Christ and every one of those mysteries without thinking about the fact that you're saying a Hail Mary. Right. Um, and I mean that's really really beautiful. It's also very Ignatian, you know, um, because the the rosary now for me has changed in such a drastic way. And I know the the prayers are well enough, um, except the the Apostles' Creed. That's pretty funny. Anytime you're praying that in a group setting, when you start out with the Apostles' Creed, because no one ever yes, says yes. the same thing. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You moving, on, so moving on, moving um, <laughs> on. But with the mysteries, you know. The Lord has given me just a great ability to, to actually be there, you know. So right, um, and then that entire decade being able to walk through that, right. Um, and but and on that point, um, Saint Teresa of Avila, who is a doctor of the Church and particularly on my prayer, saint. yeah, she was unable to have great discursive prayer, meaning your ability to imagine and and speak with the Lord in, in these intricate uh, imaginings that through meditation. She was kind of impoverished in that way, um, which allowed her to come to the conclusion that, and, and for the Church to affirm that, um, you know, the heights of prayer is not your ability to think a lot and imagine yourself, but rather um, to love deeply. Did you just say that? I mean, did you just completely discount my whole? Not at all. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In fact, you know that people who have that gift of being able to imagine and place yourself in a particular um, setting in the gospel or whatever um, is a great gift. And and um, thank you, honey. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who are very good at that, but then, you know, I'm speaking to those who may be very easily distracted in prayer and St. Teresa was one of them. Um, she, for, for about 10 years, wasn't even hardly able to, 
right. keep her her mind. She's, uh, I mean, she's, and as you can tell, I'm not very good about staying on subject, and that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Saint <laughs> Teresa of Avila was my is my patron saint is because of what I had read about her and her ability to sit down to like teach someone about prayer and she would get right. in trouble because right. she was just not staying on task and um, right. and I for some reason I really you know sympathize you, with that right well one of the things that she suggested um, for people like that or for anybody for that matter is to um, keep a picture of the Lord on you and she would just walk around literally with uh, a, a picture of Christ in her hands and just keep her eyes focused on him um, awesome. to help keep her recollected, you know, um, in his presence. Because um, that's kind of the heart of prayer. Um, and so, I mean, what's the practical way that you do that? I mean, you sit down right. and to recollect yourself. I mean, what does that mean? Right. What does that look like? Well, first of all, because we live in such a busy world, you know, it's kind of hard to to do that in a setting right. where there's a lot of external distractions. And doesn't so, she say that, I mean, if people are honest, you don't really pray that often, like in this sense. Right. Um, yeah, authentic prayer um, is not like, you know, you say your little good night prayer or your prayer before dinner, and now you've said your prayers for the day. Um when she talks about prayer in the beginnings of prayer, she's talking about really interior prayer where you're right. um, recollecting yourself in God's presence and um, considering who it is that you are sitting with so that you can use your will to love him. Um, and she said, you know, all of uh, pretty much every order the Benedictines, the Carmelites, you know, they all write about this. And, and the desert monks knew it too. I mean, that's why they went off was to um, be in silence with the Lord because they all know that at first anyway, to get to actually learn how to pray, you have to be in solitude and in silence. Right. What was that awesome quote from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth? Yeah, uh, yeah, that... God's first language is silence. Yeah, yep. Um, and the only word he ever spoke was Jesus. Jesus. Um, that's such a great quote. Mic drop. But, so, we are not in the practice of prayer. Um, right. So we have got to start off by making the time each day, you know, 15 minutes maybe, to just sit in silence with the Lord and get used to placing yourself in his presence. Just start with that, you know? Right. And at first, it is kind of a, a intellectual activity where you're trying to imagine he's here. Um, St. Teresa of Avila recommends, you know, picturing either him next to you or imagining that he lives within your soul. And she has this book called The Interior Castle, and, uh, you know, that has all these different rooms in it, each one going deeper, deeper into um, the center of the castle, which is where Christ lives. Right. And, and that book as well, doesn't she start in the garden? Yeah, she starts with those people who are not even in the castle yet. Right. Mm -hmm, but they're <laughs> in the periphery, uh, out in the courtyard, ready to enter in. And the gateway to entering into the castle is this prayer of recollection. Um 
where we begin to recognize that actually it is a true reality that God lives within with us, you know, inside of us. Uh, right. I mean, if we, we all the time toss around the Holy Spirit being within us, but we very yeah. rarely capture the fact that, like, God literally lives in your in, heart, in you your know? Heart. Like yeah, he, I hate the, um, and I, you know, this is an old adage that, you know, you have this God-shaped hole that's in your heart, and I just... Ugh. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, it's 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 um, anti-human to think that there's a god-shaped hole yeah. inside your heart. Um, in all actuality, your heart is God. Right. It's just whether or not you desire to let it be natural and let let yourself be who you are called to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, you know semantics, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just bad verbiage. Right. You know what you're tr- they're trying to get at, but. Um, but anyway, I just think that's really beautiful and that that if people can get in that recollection, you know, and then there are people, I mean, we all understand that people are busy. Trust me, Jason and I, if if anyone understands busyness, I think that we can say that we do. Um, but if you find yourself in a, in a state in life where this is just not possible, I would I would beckon you to remember that it is. Yeah. You know, the Lord is going to give you some sort of moment. And who was it? Um, was it St. Augustine who said, uh, if you find yourself too busy to pray, then you need to pray more. Right. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I think you put a timeline, or someone put a timeline, and they're like, if you can't pray, or if you're too busy to pray for... 15 minutes, you know, then you should be, then you should pray for 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's like it, we, we get so caught up in like, oh gosh, I can't pray for an hour. Like I can't do a holy hour. Right. Um, and I mean, like Jason was saying, you have to start out with something small. So even if you wake up in the morning and you recollect yourself for two minutes. Right. And you just give the entire day to God, you know. Right. Um, eventually your heart will start to long for more than two minutes. Yeah. And eventually it will become natural, you know. Um, I find myself with even just a few mo- minutes with the kids because I'm with them all day long, you know. Um, just taking a few minutes and saying, oh gosh, you know, I'm waiting in line in this god-awful pickup line. I can use this these few minutes to recollect myself. Um, everyone's doing homework. I can use these two minutes to recollect myself, you know. Right. But... And what what we do in those in that in that recollection is you know we go from using the intellect to to sort of draw ourselves okay you know you're thinking okay the lord is real you know he is here we know that by faith let me just settle in this let me and then all of a sudden you know now the lord is present to you and you're starting to grasp this the awesomeness of this moment um, can even bring you, you to tears um, many times, and you start to love him with your will. It, it, it's like a, a capacity that your soul has that we don't practice very much. Right. Um, and then, as your heart gets more and more enlarged, as you do it more and more, and you and you, this longing in your heart that, to just be with him alone in silence and to love him starts to ensue. And then as you 
what happens the next time, you know, as you do this often is immediately when you get into a setting of silence and solitude, your heart just automatically goes back to that um, immediate capacity to recollect yourself in his presence, know he's there and to sit there and be with him and love him and, and love this simple gaze that you, you have at, um, at, at one another um, that he initiated you know, in his loving you from all eternity and that you can now have the capacity to respond back to him with. Um, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think, I think that that's... Do you think, too, that if, if you practice this opening, this capacity of ourselves that we, we rarely tap into, that it eventually gets easier? Yeah, in some ways... Um, it does get easier to spontaneously recollect yourself, but there are different there are different um, obstacles, if you will, different um, um, things that you have to go through um, once you start this journey. And you know, she talks about that. Saint John of the Cross talks about that, um, which is kind of a good segue. I don't know where you were going with that question, but but the next thing that I kind of wanted to bring up was um, Saint John of the Cross's take on on um, this act of the interior life and what we can do outside of this time in silent prayer to better prepare yourself for the time of prayer. Is that this podcast or next podcast? What do you think? Um, it, you tell me. We're at 25 minutes, so... <laughs> <laughs> why don't we do... Why don't we make it the next one? Okay. Um, yeah. Well... <laughs> that was a good way to end things. <laughs> no, it's such a beautiful thing to just just to begin um, recollecting ourselves. It's kind of yeah. an odd odd uh, word and something that not a lot of people say or use. But um, we must collect ourselves in order to give of ourselves. You know. Yeah. This is just the doorway. This is just the beginning. This is just the garden. Yeah. This is a school of no, prayer. No, it's not. It's, it's inside the castle, right? Yeah, it's yeah. You've just walked into the to the narthex or whatever you want to say. <laughs> you have a narthex in your castle. Yeah, why not? <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you next week, or hear you next week. God bless. <laughs>